Welcome to the Shift Changer Podcast, where we discuss the reality that shift happens and the most incredible experiences arise when we make a decision to be the change. Hey guys, I am your friend and host, Monica Carterman. Welcome to the Shift Changer Podcast. Pour a cup of coffee, tea, and pull up a chair, turn up your AirPods, headphones, or volume in the car. And if you're like me, a multitasker, listen as you clean your house or in the school pickup line or on a lunch break. I am so happy you've tuned in to assess, contemplate, and reconcile hot topics in our world because shift happens and every shift brings change for us to be salt and light in the world. This is what us shift changers do. You guys, when I started this podcast, I had no idea a pandemic was looming, lockdowns were on the horizon and all the things would happen. This was just something God had put in in my heart. And I called up my girl, Kristen, who is great at music and sound. She's actually joining me now. She's here. Um, She created the intro, does my recording and editing, and you'll hear a lot more from her um, during this next um, season. I say season. Okay. This next season. Um, So I called her up, gave her my ideas and she was like, go for it. Not like just go for it, but like go for it and I'll help you when you want to start. And I was like, that's a lot of pressure. Um, (laughs) So we started creating the podcast intro in the fall of 2019. And I think December or so, and after writing and inviting guests and follow-ups, we began recording around March of 2020 with no idea of the craziness to come. Holy shift, Batman. (laughs) So if you haven't been listening, listening to the beginning of the podcast, Now is the time to go back and go start from the beginning. There's not that many. There's like 16 or 17. So you can listen to how the name Shift Changer podcast originated, my background, and some amazing interviews. So you can pause or you can just keep on going and listen later. Okay, friends. But what we've all endured is a global shift. And if you have been living under a rock, welcome back. The entire world is a different place. Normal isn't coming back. Jesus is. There has been a shift change in the political, cultural, educational, and spiritual climate globally. And if you're like me, you've also felt an emotional shift too. Corona has rocked our world, but there was a slow, steady shift that has been in progress way before this pandemic. COVID was just the catalyst. I hear people saying, the veil is removed. And what I think people are trying to say is that, that they can now see clearly the evil that's in our world. But here are my thoughts. If you go back and listen to many elders in the faith, the evil that we see right now, they have been warning us about for years, be it politics, education, culture, entertainment, spirituality, dare I say gender, finances, and the list goes on. They have been warning us for years to wake up and return to God. Many of the elders in the faith have been through major wars and the aftermath. The hippie era, the rock era, the Jesus movement, Y2K, I was there for that, and 9-11 to name a few. The elders have been the canary in the coal mine warning us because they saw this coming. So let me be clear. No veil has been lifted. We all got cell phones. We are exposed to sin every second of every minute of the day and our cell phones are just continually scrolling and exposing all the sin and all the temptations and distractions that are out there. So I don't think that there is more evil or more sin. I think it's just now in our face. 
I'm concerned about our addictive cell phone use. Um, to be honest, I always question mine. I'm always making sure that uh, my cell phone use isn't getting in the way of my marriage, my parenting, my my small business, even just my time with God. So I am also aware there is evil we can't see and is, and it's what we should be waging war on spiritually. The only problem is we have no time. We're on the internet all the time. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 1.9, what has been will be again. And what has been done will always be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. What I believe we are witnessing is history merely repeating itself. It's the same devil, the same sin, and the same hate for God and for the believers. I think it's awesome that there are more Christians who are seeing the evil that's out there. I think even non-Christians can see that. I mean, hello, the Travis Scott concert. (laughs) The devil isn't flexing because you can see it now. The difference from years past is now he's on a much larger broadcasting scale. Like the audience is there for it. And the internet is the thing. The thing that you and I are listening to right now can either bless you or curse you. The question is now that if you can see it, what are you going to do about it? I'm not by any means trying to be a doomsdayer. Please do not hear me say that. I am not a doomsdayer. But haven't you noticed like more and more the news is using the word unprecedented and biblical proportions? I am simply asking a question. I don't necessarily have all the answers. I don't even really know. I'm just asking. If history repeats itself, then have we gone so far back to the days of Noah? What were the days of Noah? Glad you asked. Well, there was a form of transhumanism back then, believe it or not, where the sons of God took the women of men as wives. See Genesis 6-2. They lived Say they lived seemingly forever, an average of 900 plus years. See Genesis 5, 5. The wickedness of man was great in the earth and every imagination of its thoughts, of the thoughts of his heart was evil continuously. See Genesis 6, 5. The earth experienced a massive expansion in people, knowledge, craftsmanship, and technology of their day. They were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And nobody knew the flood was coming and it took them all away. So also it will be the son of man. See Matthew 24, 37 through 38. The catastrophic earthly events that have happened and will continue to happen. The world tries to define its best way possible from its worldview. But if we look at, if we look to the Bible that says, okay, and I want you to know, I'm reading from the amplified version For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. They will deceive many in the form of false religions. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes. Now, if you didn't know, you would think, oh man, she's talking about like the here and now. But I'm actually reading Matthew 24, 5 through 7. Even if you haven't been paying attention until this wake-up call called COVID-19 in 2020, I hope that you can see now biblical prophecy is being played out within our within the last two years. I believe these apocalyptic earthly events 
we hear all over the news as quote unquote climate change is what the Bible calls birth pains, indicating the imminent return of Christ. Okay. And you can say it, Monica, like they've been saying that for years. I mean, so were the disciples, but the world seems to look very similar to what all the scripture verses I just mentioned from the Bible. See Isaiah 26, 17, Mark 13, 8, and Romans 8, 22. Think about the unprecedented events as contractions as a woman in labor and the frequency of them as the impending of a child would then thus be the impending arrival of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. This is what the biblical prophecy is describing, to which I never understood until I became pregnant with my kids seven years ago. So if you are just now learning this, you are in good company. The world does not know or have the words or terminology to define what is happening in our world because it didn't create it. But friends, let me tell you, this is not doomsday. This is a good day. I just read and described a part of the Bible that's telling you the good news of Jesus Christ's soon return. The cultural or societal and spiritual shifts we see and are experiencing isn't something new. There will be terrible times. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, untrue, harmful to one's reputation, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. They will be, they will perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. If you didn't know, I didn't just read off world events to you or our like current world. I read the Bible, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, and 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 through 12. If more Christians would read the Bible, they would know that prophecy is being fulfilled before our very eyes. It must. We're not home yet. It has to happen before Christ's return. So what do you and I do? We shift. And I have an acronym because I am that nerd. Here's your takeaway. Set our eyes on Jesus, have accountability, introspect, faith it till you make it, and trust God's process. Okay, so set our eyes on Jesus. Why? He is the author and finisher of this life. He's the alpha and omega. He knows the beginning and the end. And if you're a believer and have stopped going to church, it's time to get back. You go to work, the grocery store, the mall, and that destination vacation with those cheap air flights, it is time to go back to church and set your eyes on Jesus. If you are a believer and you're entertaining the world's sin, it is time to decide who are you going to stand for? Get off the fence or be swept away by the world's sin. I used to hear, stand for something or fall for everything. Hear me. I was a fence straddler. I played that game. All the partying, sleeping around, alcohol, lying and sneaking out of the house lasted for a time, but I got gypped in return for what I gave to the world. It only gave me depression, anxiety as I tried to keep up the lies and thoughts of suicide. I just knew that I didn't think that people would believe me or really want to know who I was outside of my nursing career. Later, 
I overcame those thoughts. But then another bait came. It came in the form of success in my nursing career with my nursing income and the entitlement of I save lives. It only left me feeling dead inside. I wanted the benefits of Jesus without the commitment of following him and making him my Lord and Savior. He couldn't save me because I already know how to do that. I know how to save someone here on earth. I was a critical care nurse for crying out loud. It wasn't until I came to the end of myself that I chose living for God was better than living for the world. And I fixed my eyes on him. So what's next? Have accountability. I know, I know, I know. No one wants to be accountable to anyone these days. Accountability requires responsibility. Responsibility requires vulnerability. And vulnerability requires transparency. And transparency requires taking out the trash we've been keeping tidy in the closet. Friends, it's in accountability that we grow, that we sharpen each other, that we thrive as the body of Christ. For me, I think the hardest part of the world we live in today is the lack of responsibility and consequences for our actions. And it's hard to parent kids that way too. Accountability with no consequences is a breeding ground for lawlessness. And boy, are we not living in that right now? This too is written in the Bible, a telltale sign of the Lord's return. See Matthew 24, 12, 1 John 3, 4, and 2 Thessalonians 2, 7. Next is introspect. Examine your thoughts, feelings, the experiences of this shift. Look inward and ask God to help you examine your hurts, failed expectations of the last two years, deaths of a loved one, death of a job, death of a relationship, offenses, hangups, and give them to God. I, I, I really did this. I mourned my life before 2020 and the like leisure I had to just like go wherever and not feel like I had to carry like, you know, a bottle of hand sanitizer every single place I went to and like wipe down everything like frivolously. I had to give it to God and just live in the freedom of Christ, knowing that he's got my back. I love Psalms 139, 23-24, where David says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offense in me and lead me back to the way everlasting. I say, if you're still hurting from just the way life used to be, mourn it, then bless and release it. This has truly helped me get through 2020 and all the failed plans and expectations I had. I hope that helps you too. Next is faith it till you make it. Yeah, I said that. I've tried faking it until I make it, but it didn't work. All that did was lead me to living a fake me and a fake reality. Faking it doesn't work because it puts the focus on me to be fake until I, with my own works, lead me to making it. And what you build without God is yours to maintain without him. But faith till you make it puts God in control because your faith is in him and not yourself. Faith is trust and enduring confidence in the power and wisdom and goodness of God. It is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things you cannot see. In God, you can faith it till you make it. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Lastly, trust God's process. Trust the process, another habitual saying, could be up for interpretation. Trust the process means there is a way, there is 
the process and actually whose process are you following? Because it matters. Is it yours or God's? In this smokescreen gaslit world, I want to be crystal clear. Where you find truth matters. You can live your truth. You can write your own story. You can achieve anything humanly possible, but that is on you and you alone. The lie of the devil is to get you so far from believing in him or God and solely on you. I mean, Satanists don't even believe in Satan. They believe in their own deity. And we are living in a generation where we are fearless, sexy, divine, unbeatable, feminine, masculine. You are whatever you want to be and you got it going on. You are earthly. You are heavenly. You are what you want to be like and what you ask for, you get. Somehow it finds me. And me is the adult version of a baby who hasn't grown up from the mentality of mine. And that's what scares me even more with parenting is that we have embraced this me mentality and we're breeding kids who are twice as more me centered religion, culture, and the mindset of me has plagued our world. And I believe it's crippling us. There is another way, another story and another process. It's Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If the devil cannot get you to worship God, he'll get you to worship you, your works, your good deeds, and your progress. The religion of me is a slippery slope that leads to your destruction. See how that worked out for Satan. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. So we must shift. We must set our eyes on Jesus, have accountability with a friend, small group, or church, family, introspect, Faith it till you make it and trust the process. You guys, that is all for our first episode. In closing, I want to encourage my friends who are solid in their faith to reach out to your friends. Make every effort to call them, pray for them, and encourage them. I'm sure I I, I have a lot of people um, who reach out to me who ask for prayer, who are going through just really hard times. And I'm grateful that I'm in a place where I can pray for them, where I can uplift them, where I can send them scripture. Something that I do, I try once a week at the beginning of the week to reach out to three friends. Um, I only keep it to three. That way, if they respond, I can hopefully respond within a timely manner. If I add too many, it just gets overbearing. Some weeks I may not even be able to offer them my time, but I can always offer my prayers. I can call on the name who can not only supply their needs, but he can bless their socks off. And so that is why I just suggest you reaching out to them because God can do more than you can. Um, Even just praying would be such a blessing to them. Lastly, I want to tell you about our brand, Paloma Blanca. It is an online store with items for everyone. Probably about 70% of the store consists of handmade items by myself and my husband from apparel, jewelry, accessories, oils, and more. We sew, aka donate, 20% of every purchase to local and global charities that support women and children. Our main partner is LoveBot. It's an orphanage in Swatcha, Colombia. Um, They are locals to Houston, and so your money is going to actual children. Um, take advantage of our free shipping and purchase a gift for someone or for yourself today. You can go to www.shoppalamablanca.com or check the show notes. That is all for this episode. As a reminder, shift happens every single day and we get the opportunity to be the change. 
The call for shift changers is now. If you like the podcast, please give me a review. If you don't like it, send me that too. Your review or comment activates the algorithm to let more people know about the podcast. Thank you so much for your time to lean in and learn. Now go and love someone. Till next time. Ciao.